Let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. Believers have God's promise that when we faithfully obey Him and don't give up, we will enjoy the very best returns. Let the Lord encourage your heart as Joe Vasek, pastor of Northeast Baptist Church of Danbury, Connecticut, urges us to stay the course. In the book of Colossians, the Apostle Paul is writing to combat the false ideas that were becoming more prevalent in the city of Colossae, false ideas that questioned the deity of Jesus. These philosophies had not infiltrated the church in Colossae yet, but Paul wanted to strengthen the people of the church so they'd be prepared to overcome these errors when they encountered them. And that's why nearly the entire book of Colossians focuses on the person of Jesus. Chapter 1 stresses the great truth of Christ in you. In chapter 2, Paul urges them to walk in Christ. In chapter 3, he encourages the people to seek the things of Christ. And in chapter 4, he challenges them to strengthen the cause of Christ. In verse 27 of chapter 1, Paul talks about the riches of the glory of the gospel. Then Paul goes on to tell us what the essence of the riches of the gospel is. Christ in you, the hope of glory. What makes the gospel such a priceless treasure is Christ in you. It is because of this priceless eternal treasure, Christ in you, that Paul is so intense in his ministry efforts. Listen to him describe the ministry in verses 28 and 29. Whom we preach, warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom, that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. Whereunto I also labor, striving according to his working, which worketh in me mightily. These verses have extremely practical day-to-day implications for everyone who is engaged in the work of the ministry. Paul describes four elements of his ministry in these two verses. He starts with the big picture, and he narrows it down to his daily personal priority. The four vital elements of Paul's ministry are, number one, his ministry method, two, his ministry purpose, three, his personal purpose, and four, his personal method. If you can see these four things every time you read Colossians 1, 28 and 29, it will greatly enhance your perspective of your own service for the Lord. Paul's ministry method was to preach, warn, and teach every man in all wisdom. Behind that method was his ministry purpose, his desire to present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. Underlying this ministry purpose was his personal purpose, that he himself would be presented perfect in Christ Jesus. He says, Whereunto I also labor, striving according to his working. The foundation of Paul's passion to present every man perfect in Christ Jesus was his passion to himself be made perfect in Christ Jesus. Whereunto I also labor. And his method for fulfilling his purpose was to allow God to work mightily in him, striving according to his working which worketh in me mightily. That is a powerful progression. Look at it again, only this time in the reverse order, the opposite direction. Paul's daily personal method was to live according to the work that God did in him each day. That enabled him to fulfill his personal purpose, which was to become perfect, complete in Christ. His effort to become perfect in Christ led him to want everyone else to become complete in Christ, so that they would appear before the Lord with joy, and the Lord would be glorified by his people. And his method for accomplishing this in others was to preach to, warn, and teach every person in all wisdom. I don't think you'll find a more succinct philosophy of the ministry anywhere else in the Bible. 
whom we preach, warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom, that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. Whereunto I also labor, striving according to his working, which worketh in me mightily. Here's an undeniable conclusion that you have to draw from this text. Success in impacting other people for Jesus Christ, in winning souls and discipling new believers, is based in letting God work mightily in you every day. If God isn't working mightily in me every day, not only will I be spiritually handicapped, but the whole ministry process will be stalled in my life. That's why ever since I first realized this, my desire each morning has been, Lord, please work mightily in me today. My purpose in opening the Bible is not just to check off some boxes, not just to be a good boy and read my Bible, but to make some discoveries, to find some treasures, to mine for eternal truth that God can use to work mightily in me today. Before I pray for anyone else, I must ask the Lord to work mightily in me today. Every day I plead with the Lord, God, please work mightily in me today. Work wisdom in me today. Work holiness in me today. Work faith in me today. God, please work gratitude and humility and love and spiritfulness in me today. It's so arrogant for me to think that I can make an impact for Christ in the lives of other people. If I have no desire, if I'm making no effort for God to first work mightily in me. One of the primary daily passions of every believer ought to be for God to work mightily in them. You don't have to word it like that. That's not the point. But if you start looking for models of this idea of hungering for God to work in you, you'll see them all through the Bible. When you hunger for God to work mightily in you every day, it causes you to grow towards being perfect before Him someday. That gives you a burden to help others be perfected in Him. And that burden will drive you to keep preaching, warning, and teaching everyone you can. Christian, God wants to work mightily in you today. Stay the course. We pray that today's program was a blessing to you. If you have any questions or comments, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at staythecourse at nbcdanbury.org. God bless you. So dear Christian, stay the